0: I'm Colleen Sebigny, and this is Yoga for Life. There's an underlying belief that somehow we aren't enough, that we are unworthy, frauds, and losers. In Yoga for Life, we will uncover these self-imposed limitations that are keeping us from contentment and freedom. We will talk about caring too much what others think, fear of not adding up, seeking comfort, divorce, aging, relationships, grief, power, and of course, sex, one of my favorite topics. In this podcast, you can expect open, real, and raw dialogue about what keeps our hearts heavy, spirit hidden, and potential limited. We will give you yoga tools to peel back the layers, to find compassion and love for the person that is living in your body, and to learn to live the present moment fully with all of its glory and its pain. You're listening to Yoga for Life, a Himalaya Learning Production. For exclusive content like yoga videos to accompany the podcast that you've just heard, go to Himalaya.com. And enter promo code YOGA for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. If you are loving these podcasts, it would be incredibly helpful if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for Yoga for Life. I will read them all. And with the help of Himalaya, we will choose three to give free access to the Himalaya Learning Platform, where there's a lot of bonus material from all of the podcasters. My offerings are yoga videos that accompany each podcast. I'll announce three winners in my eighth episode, so please go to Apple Podcasts and leave Yoga for Life a review. Thank you. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Every week, we will clear the slate and begin each podcast with a short meditation. You don't have to know how to meditate. You just sit. So find an easy seat. Close your eyes. Take a moment to notice that you are, in fact, breathing. Notice how your breath lengthens your spine as you breathe in and shortens it as you breathe out. As you breathe in, notice the elongation of your spine. As you breathe out, notice the shortening of your spine. One more breath like that. Inhale and exhale. Return to everyday breathing in case you were manipulating your breath. Now notice the skin rising as you inhale and settling as you exhale, like the wings of a bird. The inhalation, the skin slightly lifts off the body, and the exhalation, it settles and adheres. Breathing in, feel that lift, and breathing out the release. Three more breaths. On the inhalation, the skin, the envelope that covers your entire body, gets an even amount of lift. And exhale, release. Breathing in and breathing out. After your next inhalation, return to everyday breathing with your exhalation. Now, notice Every cell of your body evenly. Feel like the whole body lights up symmetrically. Every cell of your body with an even vibration. So you almost get the feeling that maybe you could levitate. You're aware. Simultaneously of your body, its expanse, its contraction, and then step away another step further and widen your lens. And again, look at your body, look at your beloved body and see it shining and vibrating every single cell with even attention, even love, even life force, without judgment, without bias, simply love. Gather your hands in front of your heart, bowing your head to your heart. Today's podcast will be on forgiveness. Dedicate this practice, this little meditation practice, to someone that is quite easy to forgive. Just a small little nagging thing that you can bring that person into your mind's eye and have compassion for. Bowing your head, namaste. If you want to see the brave, look to those who can return love for hatred. If you want to see the heroic, look to those who can forgive. This is from one of the most important yoga texts called the Bhagavad Gita. I will start with a story of forgiveness that I hope will bring you to your knees and fill your eyes with tears, with hope and possibility. Fifty years ago, John Lewis was beaten and had his skull cracked open by police officer in Selma. In 2017, the officer found John and asked him if he could come to his office. The police officer was in his 70s and came with his son that was 40. He said to John Lewis, Can you forgive me? And he and his son began to weep. John said that he hugged me and loved me, and I loved him right back. Feel that story. Let it settle in your bones. We have all heard of these kinds of dramatic stories of unimaginable forgiveness. We're not asking that of you, at least not yet. We are putting on training wheels and practicing. This isn't go big or go home. The definition of forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Let's back way up. This happens to me every single day. Say someone is walking down the street and doesn't realize that there is anyone else in the world and is talking very loudly on their phone. Inside, I will say, oh, I guess it's your world and we're just living in it. Or I will catch myself in my car from the passenger seat because I can't drive, saying, you idiot, a turn signal might be nice. I have to laugh because that person feels no pain and I'm left feeling shitty. So okay, on a small level, when someone says something that is mean, your physical reaction will be a tightening of your face muscles, bulging of your eyes, gripping in your gut and throat, even a tightening of your brain. Then comes the defensive stance of how could you say that or act that way, which leads to anger or self-pity. What you don't realize at that moment is that the person that is lashing out is probably in pain. Instead of anger, maybe we can turn that energy into compassion. This can happen many times a day. Each one is an opportunity to notice when you are triggered and practice relaxing. When you are triggered, Pema Chodron, a Buddhist nun that has helped me a lot through her books and workshops, says that the hook digs into you and you have the options to relax so the hook can slide out smoothly or to flop around, in which case it becomes a bloody mess. Now, as I said, you can start with the smaller stuff, entitlement or bad driving. Relax and give an internal smile. Be generous rather than full of spite. There's a ripple effect of that. I am not talking about being a pushover and not standing up when you have been wronged. But if you get angry every time you are hooked, you will become an angry person. Standing up while relaxed is much more effective and less poisonous for your body. To be able to do that takes practice. That's why we start with the everyday annoyances with people that you don't even know. You notice your body sensations, you relax, and then decide how to react. When possible, be kind and generous. I forget who said this, but it was a turning point for me. Not forgiving someone is like drinking rat poison and wishing the other person would die. You could think of forgiving as actually self care. Close your eyes. Think of someone that pissed you off today or yesterday, a stranger. Maybe someone that wasn't wearing a mask, or if you were trying to have some quiet time and there was a kid screaming, or someone was a bad driver, or maybe the store owner forgot to order the protein bars that you like, whatever it is for you. Conjure up the scenario and relax where you tighten. Send that person light or love or just a feeling of a good vibe. How do you feel? At the beginning of every yoga class that I teach, I ask students to gather their hands in front of their heart, bow their heads, and dedicate their practice. I ask them to start simply with someone that they love dearly and notice how that makes them feel internally. Quite often it is a feeling of expanse, almost sparkly, and a sweet smile comes to the face. The body doesn't lie. So the next time, I'll ask them to dedicate to someone that they don't know so that it is somewhat irrelevant and see if the body can still have a feeling of love. Eventually, we go to someone that has wronged us. If the body shuts down and grips tightly, it means we're not ready to go there. So then we go through the Rolodex and find someone that is more palatable and dedicate your practice to that person. The idea is that eventually we can go to the painful places and still have a body that is calm and open. We start with training wheels and progress to riding a two-wheeler and so on. The Mayo Clinic did a study on forgiveness. And for those that could truly embody forgiveness, the results were healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. Forgiveness is not skimming over or being nonchalant about a serious wrongdoing. It also does not condone any behavior and isn't even necessarily about reconciliation. It saves the forgiver from living an angry life full of vengeance and resentment. Recognize the pain and suffering that you have endured. We need to realize that we are not that pain, and by loosening the grip around it is the start to healing and uncovering joy. Let's try this now. Think of someone that has wronged you. It can be a medium wrong, maybe a business deal, or not being invited to a friend's event, something like that. Notice where that shows up in your body. For most people, it will be the throat, the heart, or the gut. So I'm going to ask you to notice the distal end of that intensity. Bring your awareness to your feet, and now to your lower legs, your knees, your thighs, your pelvis, your gut, your heart, your shoulders, your throat, and your brain. Now go to the area that you feel like you're holding this lack of forgiveness. That's all I'm asking you to do, is to sit with that area to have compassion for that area, to give it your love. If your eyes are closed, slowly open them. Maybe you can even muster up compassion for that person by knowing that they must be in pain to treat you like they did, and maybe they're experiencing guilt for having done it. When you venture into a more difficult realm of forgiveness, don't expect a fantasy of them owning it and having a happy, healthy relationship after that. Remember that you are doing this for your own psyche, regardless of their reaction. If the offender is dead or refuses any dialogue, reconciliation isn't possible, but forgiveness is. It's not about a stiff upper lip and tough skin. It's about acknowledging the pain and suffering without letting it be your totality. It's not even about having positive feelings towards the offender. It is untangling the pain, anger, and resentment from your cells so that it doesn't define you. It's about your peace of mind, not necessarily theirs. What if we could put our ache and anger in the context of only a small percentage of who we are. Living in victim mode full of blame will never let you access your power and courage to heal. In body awareness meditations, such as the one that we just did, we notice every part of our being and that any particular feeling can be just a small part of the tapestry of our makeup. It's like putting a teaspoon of salt in a small cup as opposed to a large lake. What we don't want is to become angry people. Pema says that when you're having difficulty to lie on the earth and feel the expanse, and your problems will be put in proportion. Here's an exercise that you may want to try. I am not asking you to go anywhere that you are not ready to go. If you're under professional care, I would recommend checking with your therapist first. Remember the body awareness meditation that we just did? You just notice the parts of your body like an internal scan. You start with the area that is furthest away from the intensity and work your way there. When you get to the epicenter of the difficulty, you spend time. You pour all of your attention into the area that is clinging, and you don't push anything away. You cradle. You love. You maybe even sing it a lullaby. You will do this after each journal entry. How to do it. Write a letter to the offender every day for four days, with no intention of sending it. Set a timer for 20 minutes. The first day, let it rip. Say whatever you have been rehearsing for however long. Then, lie down in a large space. Do a body awareness meditation. Starting from the distal end of where the intensity is in the body. Then tear up the letter or put it in a virtual or real fire. Day two. Write the letter of just what their actions made you feel. Again, a body awareness meditation, dispose of the letter. Day three, start the letter by saying, I know that you must have a lot of pain, whatever follows from that. Again, a body awareness meditation, and then get rid of the letter. If the internal feeling is still one of rage, I would say don't go on to day four yet. Go back to day one in a week or so, and then slowly approach. Day four, I forgive you, dot, dot, dot. You fill that in. Again, meditate. In this way, we are freeing the grip from our own bodies, so that if we decide to actually forgive someone, the internal residue isn't still lingering. And that way it is authentic. One of our teachers, Ramanan Patel, says that forgiveness can be irrelevant when it is no longer recorded in the body anyway. If you can't clear it, don't judge yourself. Take baby steps. Maybe just notice where it may be held in your body. It can be very specific. I know that my spot is the left side of my throat and I do attend to it daily. I know who I need to forgive to clear this spot. It'd be easier to forgive someone that hurt you than it is for someone that hurt your child or your loved one. Through this work, I feel that I have gotten pretty good at forgiving and have forgiven past assaults and ones that come up on a daily basis. But Two of our three daughters were bullied in junior high, and I just can't let it go. The effects of bullying at that impressionable age can last a lifetime. When I think of my 13-year-old daughter walking around a cafeteria with her tray in her hand and no one letting her sit down, and the humiliation that she felt in front of the whole school, and the fact that she had to eat her lunch in the office every day— I still get fired up and my throat closes down. When I think of our other daughter sitting at the computer reading all of the nasty things that kids were saying about her online, I just can't find it to fully forgive these kids for cyberbullying. I have gotten a bit of clearing, and that I can talk about it right now is progress. I try to muster up compassion for the pain that these 13-year-old bullies must have been feeling in order to lash out at our girls. This was 10 years ago, and they may have remorse now. Someday I will sit down with the ones that I know. But for now, I try to soften my body and muster up all of the compassion that I can and imagine pouring love into their wounds. I imagine hugging them, and as John Lewis says, they are loving me, and I am giving it right back. For now, daily, I will continue to address the left side of my throat. Jack Cornfield says, it's a deep process of the heart. And in the process, you need to honor the betrayal of yourself or others, the grief the anger, the hurt, and the fear. It can take a long time. Sometimes when you do a forgiveness practice, you realize that you're never going to forgive that person and never takes a while. A monk that we are acquainted with through a friend was captured and tortured. And when he was released, our friend asked him, what was the worst part? And he said, when I lost compassion for my torturers. Through forgiveness and a loving heart, your dreams become sweeter. You waken more easily. Men and women will love you. Angels and devils will love you. If you lose things, they will be returned. People will welcome you everywhere when you are forgiving and loving. Your thoughts become pleasant. Animals will sense this and love you. Elephants will bow as you go by. Try it at the zoo." That's from a Buddhist text. Those that have hurt us have already taken so much. We can't let them take our joy. Then comes the most difficult one of all, forgiving ourselves. Shame is such a horrible place to be stuck. It is hot, ugly, and embarrassing. Remorse has a place as a learning tool. But you have spent enough time beating yourself up. It's time to do something different. What is there to learn that will help us in the future? I have spent a life full of guilt and remorse. I was raised Catholic, and even as a little girl, I would go to confession and say, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Here are my sins. I committed adultery. I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it was one of the sins and it was wrong, so I must have done it. Guilt has been my go-to since I was a little girl. Guilt is okay when there is something that can be done or learned, but to get stuck in guilt mode will kill your spirit. It all circles back to our favorite mantra, I'm just not good enough. There is no compassion in guilt or shame. Since it is so much easier to have compassion for someone else, imagine that someone that you love is telling you the story as if it was them that had done the thing that you were feeling remorse about and the kind of love that you would offer that person. We are human. Humans make mistakes. Humans hurt other humans. It's not that we should pretend that we didn't do or say something harmful. We need to own it. Ask for forgiveness if it's possible and practical. Don't expect to hug it out, but know that you have done what you could and learn and move on. Clear it from your body or just let it be a scar that reminds you of what not to do. Infuse enough love and kindness that it doesn't become who you are. When I ask my husband for forgiveness, it's usually loaded it goes something like this. I'm sorry, but dot, dot, dot. Try to leave out the add-on. It's not a sincere offering. We can't divorce ourselves. We are kind of stuck in that way. So we better find a way to have a healthy relationship or spend the rest of our days miserable. As you know, if there is no forgiveness in a relationship, then there isn't really a relationship. And your most important relationship is the one with yourself. Just like I am beginning to realize that it was pain that caused those girls to bully my daughters, I need to realize that it is also my internal pain that causes me to hurt people. It is that pain that I need to cradle and love and have compassion for. We have also suffered... And that can lead us to do the wrong thing. If we don't extend mercy to ourselves, we will live a life in exile. As I was preparing this episode and looked at my life honestly, there are many big things that I have forgiven myself for. But there is this one nagging comment that I made to my father that has haunted me for 30 years. Let me back up. My dad was the hardest-working and smartest man that I have ever known. He was madly in love with my mother. When he was getting ready to go to college on the GI Bill after serving in the military, my mom told him that she was going to see other guys while he was away. He unpacked his car. They got married and had seven kids, nine if you count the two that they lost. So my father ended up working swing shifts in a factory to support his family. He is an amazing father in every way. He sacrificed everything for his family. So there was this time that he and my mom were visiting, and we were having dinner, and I was feeling cocky. I told him that he was an asshole when we were growing up. This comment was totally unfounded and I thought that I was being funny. He got up and left the table and went to the bedroom and sat on the edge of the bed with his head in his hands. I walked by as my mother was saying, she didn't mean it. And he said, she said it. I have written countless letters that I never sent and rehearsed apologies that I never said. I justified not doing it because he is 93 and I don't want to bring up something painful. How convenient. So five minutes ago, I figured that I needed to walk my talk, since I am presenting this to you. I FaceTimed him and asked if he remembered that incident. He is still all there, but he had no idea what I was talking about. I said, you know that I think you are the best father and you are my hero. He giggled and asked, when are you coming to see me next? I am now going to lay outside in the wide expanse, do a body awareness meditation, and set down that 30-year-old burden. I hope that this talk might give you the courage to set down some of your burdens around the topic of forgiveness. You deserve it. You were born for love. Mark Twain says, forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that crushed it. Gather your hands in front of your heart. Dedicate this moment to someone that you would like to ask forgiveness or someone that has wronged you or yourself. Notice how you feel. Bowing your head to your heart. Namaste. Thank you for joining this podcast about forgiveness. Next week, we have an unusual conversation. It's with my husband, Rodney Yee. The subject, sex, love, and spirituality. See you then. Thank you for listening. To get the most out of this show, check out the yoga videos available only on the Himalaya Learning platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts for you to enjoy in the app, on the go. To access exclusive content for this show and others like it, go to Himalaya.com and enter promo code YOGA for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. I hate to break this yoga buzz that you may be feeling from this conversation. But if you're loving these podcasts, please leave me a review on Apple Podcast for the chance to win free access for three months of the Himalaya Learning Platform, where I have videos that accompany each podcast. And you will also have access to bonus material from all of your favorite Himalaya podcasters. So go to Apple Podcast and leave us a review. This podcast is produced, recorded, and mixed by Cynthia Daniels at Monk Music Studios in East Hampton, New York. The theme music for Yoga for Life was composed by Rob and Melissa. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure—